Greetings, Game Cola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number 76. With me today are Matt Jonas and Joseph Martin. Everyone introduce yourselves. Hello, I am Matt Jonas. I should be writing a lot more for Game Cola than I am. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I also do some video stuff, and I should be doing some of that for the Game Cola channel. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Joseph Martin. Um, I also should probably be writing more, though I'm working on a big review article that should be coming out soon or you know i always say that and then like by the time the podcast comes out it it is out and i feel really (laughs) silly when i come back and listen to the podcast so it may or may not be we'll just see but anyways i do that i appear on podcasts a lot too that seems to be the running trend um and we definitely didn't just spend a uh, good 15 minutes talking and decide to just throw that into the podcast <laughs> that you're about to hear. That definitely didn't happen. Hey. Oh, actually, okay. I want to ask you guys a question about video games. No. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if I can answer that, Jetty. Uh, you're you're kind of getting out of my area expertise. <laughs> well, okay, here's the thing. Uh, I won a, like... Uh, a free video game online and I have to pick from a list of like recent games and like most of them are garbage that I would never play like there's like every single sports game that came out in 2014 (laughs) and then and then there's like Angry Birds Star Wars and then like oh my word (laughs) a uh there's a Sims 3 expansion but not the actual normal Sims 3 yeah so like well basically what i'm thinking is i'm gonna instead of playing the game because i don't really have an interest in most of these or a system i'd actually play them on i was gonna do a giveaway but i'm trying to figure out which game out of the like three or four remaining vaguely interesting games i would want to pick uh what are the three or four remaining games okay let me let me click on the link and take a look because see the number one that i would imagine is there's Wind Waker for Wii U. Ooh. But it's for Wii U. Yeah, but still, 2003 Game of the Year, was it not? Oh, yeah, was it? Oh, well, and, oh yeah, I mean, right. like, I think I... I don't remember. I think I typed it in an article once that, like, I did some research and it, like, the Wind Waker HD, like, actually boosted Wii U sales. Oh, yeah. Well, here... How popular it was. Here, let me give you the full list. We've got Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare... Yeah, Angry. I don't know. Played it, don't like it. Okay. Angry Birds Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, the Sims Three Pets. <laughs> uh, the Legend of Zelda. Well, that is a standalone, as far as I know. The console. Oh, is it? Version of Pets. Yeah, oh, I'm pretty sure yeah, it's a it standalone. Is, it is for PlayStation Three. Okay, I thought it was a an expansion or something. Uh, the Legend of Zelda: Wind Waker HD for Wii U. Mm. Uh, Need for Speed Rivals, uh, NBA 2K14, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games Sochi 2014 for Wii U. Which one is that? Gosh. <laughs> That's the most recent one. That's the most recent one? Yeah. I, people it's... stopped talking about that. They talked about yeah. the first one and then maybe the second one, and then Basically. no one's mentioned it since. Yeah, I was going to buy it, but then I thought, hold on, it's Sochi, right? So the money's going to go to Russia, right? <laughs> Russia are absolutely xenophobic and hate gays. Mm. No, not giving up my money. Does any of the money actually go to Russia? I don't know, but for that reason alone, not buying. Uh, also, it's probably exactly the same as the other ones. 
if you yeah um, probably but in hd uh just dance 2014 uh fifa 14 NHL 14 for Xbox 360, uh, NCAA Football 14, then Final Fantasy <laughs> Final Fantasy 14, A Realm Reborn, which I don't know if that's the game or if that's an expansion again. I think that's an expansion. I think that's like the, oh dear, we screwed up Final Fantasy 14. Here's the expansion that makes everything great. Yeah, I remember they... I think it's that. I think, I remember they did that like twice with Final Fantasy 11 when I played it. <laughs> but then there's... Does not surprise me. There's Rayman Legends and Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 Remix. Rayman Legends is surprisingly decent. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you are going to have one for giving away, I would probably say Kingdom Hearts. Because, I mean, it's got the largest fan base and I'm... I'm sure nice things have been said about Kingdom Hearts before on Cola. Well, uh, okay, this one's for PlayStation 3. I don't know if there's different... uh... The Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, Kingdom Hearts. It's basically Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts Recoded, and one of the PSP ones together. Multiple ones? Yeah, all in one HD collection. Ah, okay. That would boost the appeal. I thought it was a handheld series, though. No? Well, Kingdom... No, um, it's had handheld um, instances in it. But all the main series titles have been on consoles. Huh. Maybe so I've one, two, and the upcoming number three. I've only seen the advertise. Only seen them advertise the other ones. I think. I think there has been more portable titles than there has been console titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd go as far as to say there's been more portable titles than console titles. Mm, weird. E- even the ones that got ported to console, but in Japan they had special editions of one and two that we're only just getting now in the HD packs. Mm. I don't actually care about Kingdom Hearts. Like, it may come across that I like it, but I don't. (laughs) I just happen to know a bit about it, which is weird. I guess, like, because that's... So, hmm? what I would say is um, anyone who wanted Legend of Zelda HD Wind Waker probably Uh, already has it. That's a good point. Yeah. I didn't even think about that one. That's probably right, because, I mean, I went out and bought it day one, so... I imagine the majority of people who wanted it did the same thing. And it's also it was part of a um, a promotion where if you got Mario Kart 8, you got a free yes, game. Yes, you could get a, one of you them. Could that's get why. A free that's one, where yeah. I got. That's why I, I have um, it. It's next I got to my game and um, I got game and Wario in that one. That Is game's that? pretty good. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Game and Wario. I wouldn't have paid for it, but to get it free was good. I thought it was New Super Mario Brothers. We Pikmin three. Legend of Zelda yeah, HD yeah. and yep. was the fourth one. There, there was there was Mario? about like twelve. Oh, I only saw four. Like a ton of games. Maybe they only marketed four main ones, and then there were other ones if you didn't want those. Hold on, I'll get the list up. Because because um, I remember thinking I already owned half of these. The other wait no, I owned one of them. Okay, it may be different in different regions. Yeah, but um. It should tell me, once I enable JavaScript, it should tell me what games. Um, the games here in the UK were Nintendo Land, New Super Mario Bros. U, Game & Wario, Pikmin 3, Wind Waker HD, Sonic Lost World, Sochi Olympics, Wii Party U. What the hell is that called? The, the Something 101? What's that one called? The Wonderful 101? The Wonderful 101 and Monster Hunter 3. Yeah, Wonderful 101 was like... So oh, there were ten games to pick here. from, and I picked Game & Wario, which was pretty pretty fun. And I've had I've had more enjoyment out of that than Mario Kart 8, but that's because Mario Kart 8 is unbalanced and shit. <laughs> come mean, at me, Mario, Mario Kart, Kart fans, come at me. It's Mario Kart. 
Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. The whole point is that it's completely unbalanced. Yep. I, I was just looking up what the deal is with Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn, and apparently, okay, I just loaded up the Wikipedia for Final Fantasy XIV, and it says, Version 1 of the game was ceremoniously concluded with a virtual extinction event. Wow. Which is now known in A Realm Reborn storyline as the Calamity. Wow. Which terminated that all service. That first version sure was a calamity, that's for sure. Like, it's just funny to think, like, usually... Online games, I mean, as far as I know, Final Fantasy XI is still going. <laughs> but apparently they killed everyone in Final Fantasy XIV and then sold a new game. <laughs> All of a sudden it sounds like they released a bad game on purpose, doesn't it? Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me read some of this. Because it says, Through the God's blessing, the player character escapes the devastation by time-traveling five years into the future. I wonder if that means that if you had a character in the original, that they make it over into the new game or not. That sounds like it. It makes it sound like the the way they're doing it is that they're completely redoing the world and any influence you had on the world is completely gone, but you'll keep your character. Yeah. Hmm. So it's like, I don't know. I haven't played the games, but it sounds like what they kind of do with Mass Effect 2 and 3, except you just keep the character stuff. Well, it sounds kind of like what Matt Jonas just said, where it was like it was a terrible game, so they well, wanted yeah. to just like get rid of yeah. everything. Yeah, that was the, the reason. That yeah. was the reason. I was it, it was absolutely happened. panned. <laughs> it was absolutely panned by everybody. <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen. I remember it like happening and watching it happen. I'm just like, ah, it was, ah, ah, was it I don't play MMOs. I'm pretty sure it was panned before it came out too. Really? Yeah. Did either of you play Final Fantasy eleven? I haven't played like Final Fantasy except for the first one for like fifteen minutes before I realized how completely lost I was and gave up. <laughs> but this I... was back um when I was like like still like ninth or tenth grade, and I didn't quite click with the whole shouldn't pirate games that you don't own sort of mentality that I try to avoid now. Uh, I don't play MMOs. There's there's your answer. I think the last MMO I properly played was Ragnarok Online Ooh. back in about two thousand and five. Wow. So yeah, I don't play MMOs. I think the, the closest thing to an MMO I've played is probably Club Penguin. <laughs> Neopets, like, or uh, Webkins. Yeah, Webkins. Was oh wow, well, Webkins. Like, I've never played Webkins, but I have so many of the like plush animals <laughs> from Webkins because they're just so cute. <laughs> so it's just like, forget playing the game. I just want the cute animals. My brother, because you know, like, and I don't blame the the kid for this because when you're you're a kid, you're like, you know, I want this thing. I'm going to ask for it. It's it's the parents' sort of job to say, no, this is enough. This kid had like, because you got like rewards for having a certain amount of webkins. Yeah. So I think the first one was like five or ten, which is like, okay, that deserves something. This kid had like fifty. <laughs> like there was just a pile of these things in his room. It's like. That's a little weird, and there's no way you could possibly manage all of that. It's just a ridiculous amount of stuff. The game wasn't... You, I mean, you basically just played mini games the whole time. And it was like Neopets where you didn't have to have any responsibility. Yeah. That's basically how it worked, if I recall correctly. That's all I have to say about that. 
So, I started my MMO playing with Ragnarok, and uh, I played that for a while until Final Fantasy XI came around, and then I jumped over to that, and I played that for a long time until I basically got completely disillusioned with the MMO genre in general and haven't touched one since. Were they all MMOs after eleven? No. Uh, 12 was single player, 13 was single player. Ah, oh, that's right. 13, 2... It was single player, like... 13, 3, Lightnings, got a game. <laughs> was was a single. Why would you still number it, then? I don't really... Like, why wouldn't you just call it the Final Fantasy MMO or something like that? Yeah. Why would you give it a number? Yeah, that it is seems, weird. It seems like a mm. weird... Like, you don't, you don't have games that, like, change styles but keep the number, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Like, you know, like, even the Mario games, like, you know, the Mario Party... It's like, what if Mario Party was actually Mario number 12? <laughs> oh, yeah. With, like, the subtitle Mario Party. Yeah. Mm. I, don't, they don't, I don't think anyone does that. Yeah. I think if you're going to complete, if you're going to change the gameplay so drastically, like, genres like that, yeah. then usually you change numbering systems. Well, uh, I mean, when they went to Final Fantasy twelve. Like, a lot of people made the joke that it's basically Final Fantasy XI offline. Like, the battle system was incredibly similar. Like, the mm. you play in 3D and you walk around and you can, like, target enemies. And, like, I don't know. It wasn't, like, yeah, it was online and it was multiplayer. But I feel like the gameplay wasn't that huge of a departure from the usual, like, killing things and getting equipment. And, like, it's an RPG still, you know? Like, I mean, it is still a little weird, like, to go from single player to multiplayer like that, but, I don't know. Either way, uh, they made a lot of stupid mistakes with Eleven because they released the, uh, the English version, like, a year after the Japanese got it. So, of course, like, we're put down at, you know, level one into this world where the Japanese players already have everything. And there's already there's already an expansion pack out, and so I have the box in my hand. I got it the first day. I go home. I like it takes like an hour to install the game on like eight discs or whatever. And then finally, Ouch. finally I log on and it says now downloading all of the updates. And it literally took I think 13 hours. To download wow. and install all of the updates. You're downloading an entire world. <laughs> I just did that off of the discs. Like, uh, it was a nightmare. And, I don't know, I, I took like a year off and then some friends were like, hey, why don't you come back and play again? Like, let's go do that again. Remember, it was a good time. And I was like, I don't really remember it being a good time, but okay. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember <laughs> I don't know. things yeah. that happened. Like, there were certain fun aspects of the gameplay, but when I got back, it was just so weird because the economy was so different. Like, everything, like, they had introduced a bunch of new items, and, like, you know, you can do crafting, and there were certain items that used to be rare that now it's had another, like, whole year worth of people building it up, and since they don't disappear, like, they don't break or anything, everyone just has them now. And, like, it never really gained more players, so it's just, like, juggling around these items. And, I don't know, going back, I think I spent a month and then quit completely Final Fantasy XIV. 
so we got on the subject of Final Fantasy XIV because Realm Reborn was one of the games you wanted to potentially give away. Yeah, and so I guess I can mark Wind Waker off of the list because everyone probably has it if they wanted it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. That's what I would say. And I kind of feel like since 14 is an MMO, like, does it have a monthly... Uh... I would imagine so, because it's Square Enix and they like to rip people off. But isn't that also just sort of the general MMO policy? True, true, but more so for Square Enix. Yeah, because I think that uh, a lot of games go without the monthly fee now and just charge you microtransactions or whatever. Right, yeah. and what would you be giving away if it was a free service? <laughs> Well, I mean, I have the option to choose from PC, PlayStation 3, and PlayStation 4. <laughs> so they could be getting the physical game. I don't know. I think I'm going to mark that one off, though. Uh, so then I'm down to Rayman Legends and Kingdom Hearts Remix 1.5 HD. What are the What are the console options for Rayman Legends? PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, Wii U, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. But I have to pick one before I right. can do the giveaway, because I need to get the game first. Well, nobody owns an Xbox One or a PS4, so you can cross those off. Okay. <laughs> I feel like Just taking his word absolutely for it. nobody owns one of those. I mean, it's not that I disagree well, with you. Okay, because <laughs> like, I mean, we do have to keep in mind, like, who are we talking to here? Yeah. Like, would Wii U be the safest bet, or would PlayStation Three? I would say I... Wii U, just because it's a more sort of like friendly console. Chances are, if you're a proper gamer, you have a Wii U. Which is Ooh, weird. Fighting talk. It's but it's weird to think that because like a year ago everyone was like this is just gonna fail and no one's gonna buy it. Yeah. And then now it's the same thing I said about the 3ds, which in one respect speaks to how Nintendo can deliver on their consoles over time, but in the other respect shows they're really bad at releasing consoles these days. Yeah. Like, didn't uh, didn't everyone sit through the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One announcements and then, like, immediately go out and buy a Wii U? Like, didn't Wii U sales get boosted after they realized that the other two weren't that great? I know that here in the UK, Mario Kart 8 boosted Wii U sales by, are you ready for this, 666%. Yikes. Well... Well, I looked yeah. at my old article um, that I wrote, and um, I found the, my source that said that Wind Waker HD increased Wii U sales by 60, 685% Ooh. in the UK. Wow. So the sales were already up. So Mario Kart, mm. although it had a lower percentage, resulted in more sales? Oh, yeah, because uh, if it was... Like, would it be sextupling uh, <laughs> the number of consoles from... But, like, how many did they sell? It makes it sound like they sold three, and then they sold, what, yeah. like... That's what I was going to say. It's like, it like, seems more likely that just no one in the UK owned a Wii U for a while. Yeah, yeah. That they like, basically me, <laughs> and that's it. They jumped from three to 20, and then they jumped to uh, 100 and... 25 or something like but uh hmm rayman i feel like i'm gonna go with rayman legends i don't really know because i feel like if you already have the kingdom hearts games would you want the collection well i would think the collection would appeal to someone who's like hey i wanted to get into kingdom hearts 
but I don't be an easy way because yeah. I would just get all the games yeah. at once instead. Not of only that. that, the original game itself in the pack is completely rebuilt from scratch because they lost the source code. <laughs> okay. So it's like playing a brand new game. Hmm. So there's that to consider in picking it. I mean, the the problem is like you're never going to appeal to like everybody with the one you pick. So mm-hmm. it's a question of which one is probably worth more or which one are people going to want more yeah. and. I imagine, you know, Kingdom Hearts has got that huge Final Fantasy backing and that huge uh, Square backing, that huge Disney backing. Mm. Like, there, there are only so many people who go, oh, Rayman Legends, that looks fun. Yeah. Which is a shame, because it is really fun. Yeah. But... It doesn't quite have the history backing it up. Yeah. The, the fan base. Mm-hmm. That Kingdom Hearts does. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess I'll go with Kingdom Hearts. Because yes. Rayman, Rayman. Now I need that. to work out a way to win it. <laughs> Rayman um, had that dark, sort of dark period where it was about the rabbits instead of the main character. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> it resulted in a really good game. Like, um, Rabbits Go Home is, like, one of the best games on Nintendo Wii. You're running... You're basically... You play as a rabbit who's pushing another shopping trolley with a rabbit in it, right? Mm-hmm. And you're wheeling yourself around uh, supermarket... Uh, is this the whole uh, game? Hospital, stuff like that. Yeah, you're wheeling around, picking stuff up and sticking it in your shopping basket so you can build a pile of junk high enough to reach the moon so you can go home. <laughs> and that was the whole game? Yeah, and that game is, like, the best game to come out of Rabbids. Absolutely. I thought you were going to say the best game to come out on Wii U, or on the Wii. <laughs> on Wii no, I'd, I'd still say something like um, Another Code R, just because um, of the emotions that game made me feel playing it. But you can read all about that in my review on GameColor.net. <laughs> oh, actually, okay, uh, you said something, something, source code, something, and I was reminded of a Facebook post by GameCola staff member Stu Jip. <laughs> Did he actually get the, like, original stuff of Dizzy? I... I think he managed to um, get into a conversation with the Oliver Twins and see the original source documents and code for Dizzy. Okay, but he he doesn't like he doesn't own it. I, I don't like... think he owns the source code, but <laughs> like... it would be so awesome if he does because we can start making a mobile port and uh, make quick buck. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know it was interesting to like look at the actual stuff. Like it's weird. It's really weird looking at, like, how old, like, game development went, where it was, like, weirdly on, like, uh, graphing paper and stuff, like... You don't have yeah, all like, these, have, like... have you seen the original um, Super Mario, um, I think it's Donkey Kong sprites. Really? Like, drawn on graph paper. Weird. They're awesome. It's so strange. Like, I do think about it, like, occasionally, uh... Because I'm really into, like, how they made, like, the music for NES games and that kind of thing. Because, like, I have a MIDI keyboard, and I can just open whatever program I want and, like, input, like, music into a program. But, like, for them, that was back in the days of, like, black and green, like, DOS computers. Like, they didn't really have the stuff that we have these days. So Have you seen any of the... um? the public domain music creation programs for like Game Boy or I do know stuff like that. I do know about uh whatever it was. The game there's like a Game Boy 
one that runs on the Game Boy, and I've tried yeah. to use it, and it is physically impossible to use. Well, I, I, I would imagine they'd probably have a have a system like that, like you scroll down and then you set the note. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I reckon they'd do. I couldn't imagine typing in lines of code just to make music. Well, no, that, that would just blow my mind. I mean, I imagine that they had some sort of like editor utility, but just the concept of like, like you have to realize that they like now, if I want to make a song, I can just go ahead and do it. But for them, they would probably like write and play the song on you know paper and like an actual piano or guitar or whatever, and then like put it like enter it into the computer later and see how it sounded mm-hmm. you also have to think about how you know back with the nes and the game boy i would imagine it's the same thing but um they you could only produce four sounds at the same time you yeah. couldn't have music and sound effects happening at the same time they would um they would go over each other you'd have to sacrifice one for the other yeah so um like, I know, like, sometimes you'll get parts where, like, if there's something with a continuous sound, part of the music will cut out and you won't be able to hear it. Yeah, well, like, I think in a lot of them. Hmm? No, you. you. I was just going to say Mega Man is a very, like, obvious example of this. <laughs> yeah, with the charge shot. Yeah, well, like, anything that you do, like, whenever you, like, jump or you take damage, the, like, song pauses for a second. Well, it takes out the, it takes out, um, you know, whatever instruments it needs oh, yeah. to make the weapon sound yeah so um with uh the charge shot it usually takes out like the the harmony line because with nes you've got basically got four instruments yeah the first two are sort of your basic chip tuny sound that you probably think of most of the time when you think of nes and then you've got after the and those two will usually like harmonize with each other if they're going to do anything. Yeah. And then you've got triangle which plays the beep boops like <laughs> boop, boop, and it'll do a bass line. And yeah. you've got I forget what the percussion one is called. Oh, noise. noise. Yeah. Noise. 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 And that that does all the. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I was making a game, I probably would use the noise for the sound effects. But then all my sound effects would be. <laughs> Yeah. Well, like, because you have to realize, uh, like, when Mega Man, like, transfers down to, like, the level and it goes, like, bleep, like, that is just them playing, like, four very quick notes in the uh, square channel. Yeah. So, like... If you listen to it slow down, it sounds really weird. <laughs> like, also, the, the part where he lands, like, the... It's like two sounds, yeah. but you don't really think of it like that because they play it so fast, but yeah. it's like boop, boop. It's weird. Yeah, well, I, I had to do that because like, when I made uh, you know, Pizzerian or Star Runner, I had to make my own sound effects. And like, it really is just like playing you know, four or five notes or like playing a note and like warping it or whatever, like mm-hmm. changing some aspect of it or having two notes that are like i don't know going in and out or whatever like there's different ways to make different sound effects and yeah the nintendo also had a or a channel that was like not sound effects but like actual basically like a wave file except really 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 poor quality (laughs) pcm uh yeah D, d or d d pcm yeah and like the that's where you get like skate or die 
skate or die. <laughs> Your adventures of Bio Billy. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, was it Dan Castro? Didn't he have like a column on that at one point? Or no, no, no. I think it was Mark Friedman actually. Not not Marty Friedman. No, Mark Friedman, the Game Cola staff writer. Not Not Marty Friedman, the guitarist with uh, Megadeth. No. Not Hold on, hold on, I'm going to pull it up. Yeah, here we go. Low-quality voice clips. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the Ghostbusters. (laughs) The Ghostbusters NES game, where it starts off and goes, Gersh, Bershersh. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Blades of Steel. Yeah. Because you know that I put the... uh, Pizzerian voice clip in Pizzerian. Like, I am endlessly... Yeah, how did you do that? Okay, uh, I finally found... Uh, they're called Bit Crushers. Is like a Ooh. a set Ooh. of... Googling. It's a set of, like, plugins for Audacity that you can... Oh, nice. Yeah, you can just set, like... Because with Audacity, you can, you can only... S- Make 8-bit sound effects with your voice easy. Yeah, and... With Audacity, you can only save things as low as, like, 22,000 hertz and 8 bits. But with the bit crusher, yeah. it'll do it for you where you can save it down to, like, 2-bit, like, uh, 8,000 hertz, like, sound effects. And that is how I made the Pizzerian thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it, it fairly realistically, I feel, emulates the sound effects of the Nintendo I, I wanted to know how to do that, because I think I might uh, do some for my videos. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's how I did that. But uh, you will notice that in some games, they save the noise channel by putting the drum in the DCPM or D-Pulse Code Modulation PCM. Yeah. They put it there. I think Super Mario Bros. 3 did that. And some of the sound effects in... Uh, Mario Brothers 2 also were... What, like the... Yeah, yeah. When you're pulling up a vegetable. Yeah. Yeah. Where it made like a... Sound. But like it sounded really weird. Uh, those were also using that. That's why it sounded weird. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting. So was this something that was included in the NES, or was it just something that you could put in your own disc? Because obviously not all games made use of this. Uh, It was, I think, included in the Nintendo sound chip. There were some games that did add their own extra square waves or whatever, but it's limited to, like... Gimmick and Batman, mainly. Basically, Sunsoft games tend to have more channels. I thought, uh... Oh, what was it? I thought Konami did that a few times. Maybe. I know for definite, Gimmick and um, one of the Sunsoft Batman games did it. Mm. I don't know. Like, it's just interesting to me to see what they were able to do with the NES to make some of this music happen. Like, we have it so easy now. I just remember, like, because Mega Man 1 in particular cuts a lot around the edges. (laughs) You know, you've got the pieces of level that are just kind of copy-pasted with, like, one or two things changed, or nothing changed at all. Yeah. Um, But if you listen to, it's, let's see, the, um, the, the stage select with, you know, Cut Man, Guts Man, all that. The the that doesn't have any percussion. It doesn't have any noise. Hmm. Neither does in the first game the the select when you click on it, it goes da 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 da. That bit doesn't have any percussion either. But then in Mega Man Two, they added the they kept the da 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 for the boss selecting, and they but they added percussion. So it's just so 
it seemed to me that it was very clearly a limitation of the uh, th- that was the reason that they did it wasn't like a creative choice as much as it was a memory saving choice. Mm. I think most of the other levels though and use it, but I, I don't know off the top. You do also have to keep in mind that, like, the space on the cartridge was very limited. So even if it wasn't for, you know, musical reasons or whatever, it might have been, like, the actual physical space on the cartridge. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Actually, uh, to change the subject slightly, but to continue on with music, I recently, I don't know why, but I decided to play Hal's Hole-in-One Golf. Have either of you played that uh, Super Nintendo? No. No. Okay. It is the absolute weirdest game to play if you've never played it, but if you've played Earthbound. What? what? Okay, and okay, talk me through it, please. <laughs> oh, okay. Jetty, Jetty's been waiting for this whole podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, it just came to mind, and actually, I just remembered because I just had the uh, the Wikipedia article open. Apparently, today is the birthday as we're recording this, July twenty seventh. Uh, of Mother. Oh, it was, really? It was apparently released in Japan July 27th, 1989. Hmm. Wow. Which birthday is it? Do you, 20, do you know? Oh, 25, wouldn't it be? So like a so big 30, one. Uh, yeah. Wow. I'm I feel like people would be... Uh, so wait, is it the Mother release or the... Mother, yeah, not, mother. not Earthbound. Okay. The first game in the series. Uh, right, okay. So I'm guessing people will probably talk about it once we get to the anniversary. Yeah, of gets worth It's interesting though, because um, if we, because this is this is number seventy six, right? Podcast number seventy six. So that means that we have twenty four, and that's two years. You know, two sets of twelve months. So we could conceivably have podcast one hundred fall on the anniversary of Mother in two years. Hmm. So, keep track. Keep keep, keep your eye on that, Jay. I think you just blew my mind, man. <laughs> I was gonna bring up the the two one hundred because I I thought about it today. <laughs> um, so I didn't just come up with that. Like I didn't just have this blast of yeah. inspiration of, wait a minute, seventy six, twenty four. Yeah, but. That was interesting. Anyways, okay. tell the story about your golf game. <laughs> thank okay. you, thank you. <laughs> As you so ceremoniously put in, yes, tell us about your golf game. I was just, I was, I was, I was being mad at myself for not letting you share your story with us. Continue, please. Okay. I'm sorry. So, uh, reading the Wikipedia article on Earthbound, it says Earthbound, known as Mother Two. Uh, in Japan, is a 1994 Japanese role-playing video game co-developed by Ape. And Hal Laboratory. Ah, yes, Hal yes. of Hal's Hole-in-One Golf. Really? Yeah, like Hal's Hole-in-One Golf refers to Hal Laboratory. Oh. Like, it's not a guy. I always I, thought it... I thought it referred to the robot from, <laughs> from like, uh, that, that, that rubbish film, uh, Space Odyssey. Oh, no. Uh, I mean, that might be why the company is called that. I don't know, honestly. Yeah, no, I, think, I think so, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's called Hal because it puts... Um, them once in each letter, it puts them one step ahead of IBM. Oh wow! That's, oh wow! That's why the robot was called Hal in the movie. Wait, what? Yeah, because it's one letter ahead. That is IBM. The stupidest. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but okay, okay. So the two were made by the same company, and Hal, like. 
I also recently I began listening to the music from Kirby 3 for yeah. Super Nintendo, which I always thought, because I had been a fan of the music from Kirby Superstar, I always thought that Kirby's Dream Land 3 came first, because Kirby Superstar kind of has not better composition, but better execution, I guess. Like, the sounds sound, like, clearer and crisper, whereas Kirby's Dream Land 3 seems like it directly rips off the sounds from Arcana, which is like, Kirby's Dream Land 3 was like 96, and Arcana, oh wow, 98. Kirby's Dream Land 3 came out in 98, but Arcana is from, like, 91, so I don't know... If what, is, what is Arcana? Because I saw it for, um, um, for import the other day, and I decided not to get it. No, uh, it was recently classic Cola'd, uh, because people aren't writing for Game Cola lately. (laughs) It was an RPG, oh, 92, oh, probably 91 in Japan, but okay, it was an RPG where, like, you played as this card guy, and, like, everything was, like, graphically represented by cards, which I always thought was, like, really super cool, but it was just, like, the world's most generic... RPG, but in that way, I kind of liked it as a child. Anyway, mm. I was very familiar with the music from that, so when I heard Kirby's Dream Land 3, I was like, man, this sounds like this. they just ripped off the sounds from Arcana, and I always thought that Kirby's Dream Land 3 came out like a year later or something, and then I later found out it was like the last game on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, and really sluggish and slow after Superstar. It's like how do you go from from super fun Kirby to slow kind of dull Kirby? Yeah, but like I I remember two podcasts ago. Okay. I was I was talking about a level in Kirby's Dreamland Three where you collect the parts of Rob the Robot. Yeah. I haven't beaten that level because I'm that <laughs> sick of Kirby's Dreamland Three now. Huh? I just can't play it. It's too slow. It's boring. Uh, but okay, so House Hole in One Golf does the same kind of thing, like, a lot of the music, like, the, the sounds of the music aren't that familiar, but then suddenly there's two or three songs that use the exact trumpet sound effect from Earthbound, <laughs> and it is just so disturbing to listen to. <laughs> like, I just can't get out of my head this stupid, uh, trumpet sound. Let me, hold on, uh... Let me go to YouTube and see if I can house hole in one golf. Because uh, I've got to have the music. Let me see if I can figure out which track it even is. I'm concerned I'm going to end up having um, Pokemon Gen 3 flashbacks because I'm pretty sure they used every trumpet sound in the song. <laughs> yeah. I, all, all I saw when they announced um, Pokemon Omega <laughs> Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, I just saw screenshots and pictures of just, like, characters with trumpets yeah. and, like, Iwata with a trumpet, yeah. like, flying on top of Kyogre with a trumpet, and I was just like, what? <laughs> so appar- apparently they did have lots of trumpets in them. I can't remember, like, the, the maybe two weeks fleeting romance I had with Pokemon Emerald and then never touched it again. Like, that's all I can remember. It was prominent... But it was more like it had, like, you know, like Jay's probably pulling up with the hole-in-one thing. It was more like a very iconic trumpet sound that wasn't really used in much else, and they used it a lot. Ah. But it wasn't, like, 
you know, there were there were plenty of tracks that didn't have it, but it was sort of their focal point of their music. Ah. But sometimes it's fine. Like you can go online, you can like look up like songs from Hoenn from the Hoenn games with every instrument replaced with a trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to do that. Hold on. I'm going to send you the link, and you guys can listen to the horn in Hell's Hole in One Golf. But basically, the trumpet is the one that's sitting oh, there going. Yeah, the backing. Yeah. Burm, 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 burm. Yeah, that one. Yeah. And, like, that is very obviously, like, the one from Earthbound. And it's bu- it bugs me so much trying to. Well, it, it makes sense if Hal co developed it, because they'll just use the same sound form. Yeah, like, why would they for like a golf game put that much effort into the music of a golf game to make all new stuff exactly but it's distracting (laughs) but it's it's the fact that it's the instrument you're familiar with yeah i mean i i've been looking a lot into sample based music at the moment and every time i hear a sample i recognize i'm just (sighs) (laughs) and it's gotten to the point where i recognize so many samples in other video game songs that i'm just thinking couldn't you have used a different sample pack to everyone else? Yeah. So I I know the feeling. It's like, ah, that reminds me of that game. Why did you use it? It is interesting, like, when people make, you know, their own music or whatever online, but they use, like... I heard someone make music using the, like, Secret of Mana sounds. I've got all those um, classic Super Nintendo sound fonts yeah. uh, for Fruity Loops and it's amazing just what you can produce with them. Yeah, it's just interesting to hear because, like, I mean, everyone is used to hearing, like, NES music, but then when you hear, like, a Genesis sounding... Uh, if I could get myself a Genesis sound font, I would be, <laughs> like, so done because I love that guitar sound yeah, that yeah, comes yeah. out of the sound chip. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Like, Doctor Robotics Mean Bean Machine, like, overuses that, and so does Comic Zone. They just overuse that guitar sound. Beautiful. (laughs) It is interesting, like, how unique the sounds can be from different systems. Yeah, you'll you'll never hear that Mega Drive guitar coming out of a Super Nintendo. (laughs) Never. It's also cool when... um... Video games put their own flair on, like, pre-established sounds. Like, I know Mega Man... It has the very um. It's a it's a sound where basically they they take the triangle sound, the bass line, and they pitch it down really fast. Oh yeah. Um. It's the the main thing that plays after you beat a Robot Master and Mega Man Two. Oh yeah. That's one of the easiest places to single it out, if I can remember the boo doo boo boo. But it like they use that a lot in their bass lines, and it makes the sound the song sound very Mega Man. Like, yeah, like it puts you in that frame of mind. I think uh, was it Crash Man has it in the background. It's like pew, 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 mm-hmm. pew, pew, boo, boo, do, 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 Yeah, yeah. Let's all sing. Let's just all sing on the podcast. I'm sure. Everybody pick a song. Well, no, we each pick a track. We pick a channel of Crash Man. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to harmonize Crash Man. Because <laughs> uh, I, I have, I still have Winamp 2 installed so that I can listen to video game music. It tells me every time I open it that I need to update to like 5.8 or something. All, all I can think of is that, is that Higher Dane Crash Man song. Whenever people start doing the Crash Man music. The what song? Uh, the Crash uh, Let's Do It oh, Crash Man yeah, yeah, song. Yeah. 
Chedine, who we talked about yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, I do know. Yeah, but I'm not singing those lyrics <laughs> yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> I do know what you are referring I, to. I would not feel comfortable doing it. I, <laughs> I would be embarrassed. Yes. There was another one where somebody mixed Crash Man with Justin Timberlake's Love Stoned. <laughs> uh, and that was a good one. Oh, there was another mashup like that for Vegan. I can't remember it now. I had it for like a second and now I've lost it. Where it like it matched up perfectly. <laughs> now all I can think of is how the Thomas the Tank Engine theme <laughs> makes a really good background to rap songs, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there, there's, a, there's an amazing oh. remix with... Um, Limp Biscuits break stuff remixed with the Thomas the Tank Engine theme. It's amazing. Oh, there is uh, all of the Space Jam remixes with various. Uh, yeah, I, um, I do feel that that gets overdone though. Yeah. Like everybody does either that or Fresh Prince, and they're like, <laughs> "Oh, we're so unique." Yeah. But then you come across someone who does like an anime opening theme and Kanye West, and it just <laughs> works. Yeah. Well, uh, where I originally got into, like, video game mashups and stuff was, uh, if you're familiar with Nico Doga. Yes, uh, basically the Japanese YouTube. Yeah, and mm. it was really popular for a while to mix, like, uh, Sky High from Kirby Superstar. Oh, right, um, what they would have called an MAD. I don't know what yeah. that stood for. But... Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that part of it. It's been, like, such a long time since I've looked them up. But, like, they'll take... Uh, there was, like, two or three popular ones. It was, like, Sky High, then, like, the boss battle theme from the Super Mario RPG, and, like, a couple of others, like, Battle on the Big Bridge from Final Fantasy V. And they would just remix yeah. it with, like, the scene from Death Note, the movie where he's, like, getting shot and he's flipping out. And <laughs> There's an amazing one for Sky High that's Tom and Jerry. Yes, yes. And it that works one perfect <laughs> it is pretty it's like it's a perfect mixture yeah i don't know there's a, a bunch of different ones but those endlessly entertained me back in the day so yeah like i can yeah. see how space jam and fresh prince gets a little old when you used to have some like variety yeah uh, elsewhere not only that it seems like the the mad's are like 10 times more involved than just putting a backing track and yeah. uh uh, Quad City DJs together. Like... Well, that's the thing is, uh, I saw a few where like like Western uh, video makers would try to do a similar thing with Sky High, except that yeah. it would just be like the Mario cartoon and Luigi going yeah like over and over, or like mm. like Robotnik saying Pingus like over and over, and it would just be that. There would be like nothing else inserted. It would just be the the one noise. Yeah, yeah. and it's like that isn't. That and it, it wasn't even pitch shifted properly. Yeah, it was just timed. Like, yeah, yeah. I have seen some other ones like that. I can't I can't give you any names off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but I've seen some other ones that kind of they they use different sounds for different instruments basically. Uh, what was it? I saw one that was like. Dragon Warrior 5 sound effects played over, like, the French can-can. Like, I don't know. I don't know where they come up with some of these. So we have a uh, listener mail. Oh, cool. How how um, how um delayed is this listener mail? Because wasn't I... the last one, like, a couple months? Okay, this one is delayed at, at the current moment. Uh, actually, no, because the timing is off from what it actually, like, tells me when I received it. 
it is about an hour. <laughs> it, w- it was received about an hour ago. Whoa. So when we started the podcast. Yeah, like the the time says that it was received at 3.59 p.m., at which it is currently 6.24, but I know that the email server is like half an hour off. I guess it would be like two hours. But So it's super fresh. Yeah. Hot hit, me with, hit me with it, dog. I'm ready. I'll answer any question. <laughs> hey, podcast fan email. No lynch again. You already know me, so I'll get on with the meat of the letter. Prime rib steak, salmon, chicken fingers, and I also have discussion points for the cast. <laughs> but oh. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so this is the, the first one. Uh, in games with customizable housing, do you try to make it all pretty or pretty much leave it alone? Ooh, I, I think I think that's skipping like The Sims, but my immediate thoughts go to Kirby's Epic Yarn. Okay. Where there was like a little place where you could take the stuff you collected and put it in. Yeah. And, and I think this applies to other situations where it's been possible too. But usually, what I'll do is when they first introduce the mechanic to me, I'll spend a lot of time working on it. But then afterwards, like when you start getting like a whole bunch of other stuff that you're actually supposed to use to decorate it, I'll completely ignore it. <laughs> like I'll use like the five things that they give you right at the beginning and then never touch it again, even though there's supposed to be like hundreds that you're supposed to gradually accumulate. Going back to Final Fantasy XI, they had your Mog House and they did have furniture that you could buy for your Mog House that would like increase your storage space. So you would, like, buy a bed, and you would be able to, like, put, like, two pieces of armor in there or something. I immediately um, thought of My Sims, which kind of isn't the same as The Sims, so I'm going <laughs> to yeah. get away with it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in My Sims, they, like, someone says to you, oh, can you please build me a flower shop, right? So it's like, okay, here's all the bits for the flower shop, and it's got to have this many, like, amount of... Um, flower textures on it and it's got to have this many of this that and the other and i'm like okay there's the bare minimum right now we're adding arches now we're adding staircases uh we are going to put smiley faces all around the perimeter of this (laughs) you know i i will go um above and beyond in a game like my sims just to build like the ultimate the ultimate flower shop yeah. And then the person says, hey, I like it. And it's like, hey. Hey, my job. How can you decorate the inside of my house? Okay, what I'm thinking is pizzas everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Not like pizza designs, like literal pizza. Literal pizzas. I actually get... just cooked a hundred. <laughs> so it's like perfect timing, you know. <laughs> you Basically, you get, these, you get these things called essences, which are like paint that you can put on walls and on objects. But you can also just take the essence and use it as an object. And there is pizza essence, which you can just put down as pizzas. So I just put them on every table in the corner of rooms. <laughs> just pizzas <laughs> everywhere on the worktop. Just pizza. Pizza. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, why not? And then the person's like, hey, I like it. I like pizza. It's like, yay. I'm just vaguely remember, uh, reminded of the duplicator in uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night and just, like, throwing turkey legs, like, everywhere. Or, <laughs> I, I mean, like, actual turkeys. Or, you know, my favorite is throwing the monster vials and killing uh, Dracula using, like, the bone-throwing skeleton that throws a single bone and then dies. But just, like, throwing <laughs> so many of those out 
that they're doing two damage like dozens of times. I remember beating Dracula with my fists. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> I uh, I actually did... My roommate had never played the game, which I was shocked about. And I, I had a PlayStation 2, but I didn't have a PlayStation 2 memory card. So I played through the entire game without dying. Wow. So that was fun. But, uh... I usually always die at least twice on that, like, Egyptian thing that, like, shoots lightning. Okay, well, Because I... I, I never realized there was armor that could turn lightning into health. So oh. I, I went into the boss battle without knowing that. No, and just uh, getting shocked. Yeah, I, I knew to avoid that room, because I think that's supposed to be, like, not something you do before. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> bonus for map percentage, really. Yeah. But, uh, next question? Did we answer the first one? Customizable housing? I oh, think well, we okay. Oh, well, do we want to give a summary? I guess the answer is yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. <laughs> or yes, no, and yes. Uh, Joe, did you say yes or no? I said kind of. Kind of, like, in certain circumstances? Well, like, you're yes, not going to go out of your way. This is what I think you said. Yeah. So I'll do it once and then never do it again. I won't change anything afterwards. Yeah. No, uh, I can't think of any games that I've actually played that had that as like a major aspect. But in the like one or two times that I remember having like uh, something like that available, I was like, man, this is really cool because I'm like nine and this is the Super Nintendo and I've never seen something <laughs> like this before. You know? Okay. So next one. Uh, what is your favorite video game genre? Oh, that's a good one. Because uh, for me, like, growing up, it was always RPGs. Everything, anything that was an RPG was good for me. Although, to a certain extent, after 3D came around, I sort of fell out a bit with where RPGs had been going at that point. But I still enjoy, like, classically styled 2D turn-based RPGs. I would probably say platformer, but I wouldn't be able to to shrink it down to 2D or 3D. Yeah. It sort of depends, but those most of my favorite games are platformers. So, I would probably have to go with that cuz all of Mega Man pretty much are the oh, ones yeah. that I played. And then uh Mario and those are the main ones that I think of that would probably push every push it over into that category. Yeah. The other main game I play is Pokemon, but I don't play any other types of RPGs <laughs> that much. Yeah. And it's not really the... It's not like a quintessential RPG as much. You know, it's sort of its own... Because I, I feel like Final Fantasy games and games like that are more in the line of the standard RPG sort of formula, where you've got your characters and you level them up and you can switch out a couple of them. It is sort of weird because Pokemon... Like, I've, I never really thought too much about it as being an RPG, but it is very definitely, like, a classic 2D, like, turn-based RPG, but, like, no one ever really considers it to be one for some reason. I guess because with the role-playing game, the whole point sort of was, even though that's not, even though, like, we associate role-playing game with leveling up and yeah. getting new moves, but yeah. really... I guess the the term seems to come more from like well, you it, you're a character yeah you're the main character and you level them up and then usually you get some agency and it's you're getting agency in how your character progresses rather than you know a game where you know Mario is Mario and you jump on Goombas and then yeah. at the end of the in level one one you jump on Goombas and Koopas and level eight one you jump on Goombas and Koopas it doesn't really change that much. 
But you could also still say that you're playing the part of the trainer. Right, that's what I'm saying. But you're not – the trainer isn't the one battling. The Pokemon are. So – I don't know. It, it is a tough – It's just – it is an RPG. Like there's no <laughs> arguing about it. But I'm, I say that the main reason there's a disconnect of – Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't think of Pokemon when you get to RPG is because the Pokemon are battling. Yeah. You're doing other stuff, and so there's a bit of a disconnect there. It is true, because there is the concept of, like, gotta catch them all. Like, you don't conceptualize it as you progressing, but as that, I need to progress my Pokemon. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, it's an interesting conceptual difference. I always considered Pokemon its own genre, or, like, that it gave birth to, like, the genre of monster collector. Yeah. Or something mm-hmm. along those lines, because... That after Pokemon, there there were tons of collectathons, uh, Dragon Warrior monsters, <laughs> uh, Telefang, games like that that just like brought in the the collect monsters thing. I think it sort of made its own genre at that point. Yeah, As for, I would I would say that it made its own distinct RPG sort of subsection. Yeah, before there was only sort of one RPG idea, and that's kind of yeah. how you know you tweaked it obviously from game to game, but there was that sort of that formula. Yeah. And then Pokemon came in and said, it got to the point where it was different enough that it was still technically an RPG and you can't really yeah. call it not one, but it's definitely something different from the RPGs that we've had before. Another comparison I would make would be um, Super Smash Brothers series and fighting games. Yeah. Because there's I'd, the... I'd like to call that subsection a brawler mm-hmm. as opposed to a general fighting game because it's... <laughs> It's kind of hard to describe, but it's like with a fighting game, you're always like most of the time two feet on the ground, you know, mm. and complex moves. With with Smash Brothers, it can be complex, but also it's jump around and mm. and like bash buttons, basically. There, there's definitely a different mentality there between right. Smash Brothers and something Smash like Brothers Street Fighter. Smash Brothers is about, you know, getting your opponent up to a point where you can deliver a powerful blow and, you know, send them flying off. Whereas, you know... <laughs> In a tradi- more traditional fighting game, you could conceivably w- slowly whittle down. It's sort of more like a battle of wills of you know finding where you can do damage and where you can do the most damage. Yeah, chip damage. <laughs> where whereas with Smash Brothers, I guess it's kind of more a strategy of trying to find an opportunity to land a powerful blow after sort of doing that chip damage scuffle. So. Yes. I've got to answer what my favorite genre is, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's difficult because it, it changes more or less to whatever the genre is of whatever game I'm enjoying <laughs> at the time. Yeah. But um, I'd I'd be I'd be stuck between I think platformer and beat 'em up. It's it's difficult to put my finger on it because I'll be playing a beat 'em up like Streets of Rage and I'll be like, right, this is it. Beat 'em up's my favorite game ever. Coolie <laughs> Ruler, Turtles, everything. <laughs> these are all great. But then. I'll play um, a Sonic game or I'll play a platformer from the Mega Drive I've never heard of. Like, uh, I don't know, like Hello Kitty has an adventure or something. And I'm just like, all right, this is it. Like, platformers are the best genre of all time. I, I can't imagine playing anything else. Um, actually, thinking about it, rhythm games, favorite genre. I can put my foot down on that. What games? Rhythm games. Oh, rhythm. Rhythm. Yeah, yeah mm. Rap the Rapper, Guitar Hero, uh, Pack a Pack a Passion, you know, basically <laughs> anything rhythm. I can never really get into beat 'em ups. I don't know. I think it's a mentality thing. Like I don't enter in with the right mentality to enjoy them. I don't. I, I just. Mm, I get 
bored, and I feel like that's more my fault of I don't experiment as much with, like, I guess, button combinations and stuff, but, no, maybe I've just played bad ones, but it always feels really repetitive to me, like, you beat this guy beat em up, ups definitely are, they are definitely repetitive, even the best beat-em-ups out there are repetitive, like, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie is repetitive, <laughs> um, I've, I've heard stories that the beat-em-up based on the tick has a level based on like some episode that's like Night of a Hundred Ninjas or something, and there's like a hundred ninjas in that stage. <laughs> so um, yeah, they can get repetitive, but um, I think the thing I enjoy about them is just once you get really good, you can just beat people up constantly, <laughs> and just you you feel like a one man army at that point. That's what I like about them. I do remember playing a lot of Final Fight uh, for the Super Nintendo. Not Final Fight guy. No. Just... Have you heard the story about Final Fight Guy? Oh, no. The the limitations with Final Fight on the Super Nintendo were so bad that they could only have two playable characters. Yeah. So they had to cut out Guy. Oh, so there's actually... There's a later version released in Japan, and as an exclusive rental from Blockbuster in the US <laughs> that allows you to play as Guy. <laughs> okay. It's just silly that they released a different version of the game. Weird. Just for that. Weird. But in Japan, it's just called Final Fight Guy. (laughs) Like, how is that even, like, a limitation? Like, why is that a selling point? Like, I explicitly wanted to play as Guy. Well, now you can. Actually, uh, talking about Streets of Rage, that was another game that had good music. Yeah, for, for the most part. I mean, I've been listening to it recently, and I've just been thinking, yeah, you've ripped that song off. You've ripped that song off. Um, that track is noise. That track is just absolute noise. And I, ca- I can't say those sorts of things. Like, God forbid I say it on a podcast or something where people can hear me and they go like, what is he saying? But luckily, you know, nobody's going to hear me uh, ripping on Yuzo Koshiro and his amazing musical stylings. <laughs> Seriously, though, I, d- I don't hate the guy's music. Some of the stuff he did for the 2D um, Game Boy, uh, not Game Boy, Game Gear Sonic games was fantastic. But then, like, I hear some of the stuff in Streets of Rage. Most of it's good, but some of it I'm thinking, you've ripped off that. You've ripped off that. <laughs> and there, there are tons of um, there are tons of videos on YouTube like showing what songs he's ripped off. <laughs> and you can't argue it. You can't argue it. It's like you saw the baseline from that. But Doom does exactly the same thing. Doom ripped off like several metal songs and got yeah. away with it. So interesting. It happens. I remember apparently the like a sound or no was it fever or whatever from dr mario uh apparently is like a direct ripoff of lady madonna by the beatles i can hear it i wouldn't say it was a complete ripoff but i can definitely hear it yeah i don't know it is interesting like i can hear the similarity definitely it is is interesting to think about like you know everyone has trouble coming up with uh music on a deadline i guess yeah but uh, uh next question Moving right along. Which specific video game is your personal ideal for the genre? And I don't know if they mean for any genre or just for the genre that was our favorite, maybe? Ooh, that's kind of tricky then, because I picked, like, three genres. <laughs> but I think I, I think I got it. Like, I don't really know, because, like, again, the RPGs that I tend to like tend to be the most, like, generic RPGs, like Arcana or, like, Dragon Warrior. Yeah, you were playing Dragon Warrior on the last podcast I was on, so... 
Yeah. I was, I was about to say, if you didn't mention Dragon Warrior, I was going to point it out. <laughs> so I don't know if you could really, like, listen to my decision because, like, like most people would probably say, like, oh, yeah, you know, Chrono Trigger or, like, Final Fantasy III or whatever, and I'm like, hmm. I wouldn't ever mention either of those if I were picking an RPG because they, they're good games, but yeah. they, they get, like, over overloved. And then a game like Nier just gets completely completely ignored it's true and also i sort of feel like chrono trigger it was trying too hard like yeah it did a lot of cool stuff but i feel like it was like trying too much like it was trying to do too much it was trying to be different yeah and it like stretched it, it shows which yeah. is i i can i can see where you're coming from you don't necessarily there's like this thing um my band director kind of says it it goes to music and i think it kind of applies here is that you don't want it to sound like what you're playing is difficult and i think the idea is you don't want it to be really obvious that you're trying to do something different yeah you're trying to like oh you know, in which case you guys wouldn't like nia because <laughs> that's his whole like manifesto it's like everything's got to be different well okay but if they can like consistently pull it off in like a like a fluid thing yeah, there's a difference between being different and making it really obvious that you're being different. Like, yeah. you know, Smash, going back to Smash Brothers, it's a really different game, but you don't get this, you don't get this feeling of, oh, they took this one thing about fighting games and changed it so that it would be different. It's its, its own thing that's similar, but it's definitely got its key differences, but they're there because it makes a good game and not necessarily because oh, well, we can't do what they used to do because we need to be different. Yeah. I'm not saying that necessarily applies to Chrono Trigger, but that's the sort of mentality I'm kind of getting out of the words that we're saying right now. <laughs> yeah, I just felt like they went way overboard with, like, whoa, all of these unique characters, and then, like, whoa, the battle system is so different, and, like, Whoa, the graphics and like whoa, the music and the like, guys, calm down. The game whoa, was good. Whoa, portals, time travel. Like yeah, like you know, ooh, so many different endings. It's like okay, if you had like a game that had really good music and really good graphics, that's cool. And like if you had a game that had like a new battle system, that's cool. But I feel like too many people are like whoa, and it had the guy from Dragon Ball Z, Akira Toriyama. Like, it's just like, okay. It's not actually that great doing the artwork. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it's another Squaresoft game. Like, okay, I get it. Like, you guys like Squaresoft. You like Dragon Ball Z. Like, okay. It was a, like, decent game. It wasn't, like, world's best. I'm sorry. This, this is the controversial podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, okay, so tell us about Mega Man 5. Gosh dang it, Jetty. I, look, I, I read your Twitter. <laughs> Is that what you were gonna pick? Or? I was gonna talk about Mega Man. Yes, I have to. I've I've come too far. I've said too much to not <laughs> say Mega Man. Like even now, if I had completely changed my mind, like I wouldn't be able to say not Mega Man because I've already said it. They're good. I you know I have trouble saying like you know the ideal platformer. Kind yeah. of I don't know. It seems like if you if you're gonna be like such quintessential about a platformer then that almost, like, devalues it. I think there are lots of things in Mega Man that could be brought into other games, which is sort of this idea of choice that isn't, like, dialogue options or that isn't, like, immediately clear. 
Because, like, with Mega Man, you have choice, but it's not like you you choose to reap the benefits of your choices. Whereas in lots of other games, you know, you make a choice and it's like, okay, you've made this choice. Now you have to do this so that you can see the consequences of your choice. Yeah. Whereas with Mega Man, you know, you can, you, you know, go to Metal Man first, but you don't necessarily have to use the Metal Blade if oh, you yeah. go to, if you, in the rest of the levels, if you don't, you'd be crazy not to, but <laughs> um, you don't have to. Just like, you know, and then in Quick Man stage, you've got, you know, Flash Man's weapon is really good in two parts, but you can only use Flash Man's weapon once in the stage because it completely drains. So you have yep. the choice of, you know, are you going to use it to get past the really tricky death laser section or are you going to use it to take out half of Quick Man's health so that he's easier and they're both really tricky and you got to make the decision. But the game doesn't say, oh, by the way, you know, you can choose to use your flash stopper here, yeah. but if you do, you won't be able. It doesn't like say Mega Man, Mega Man. <laughs> I was yeah, just thinking of that. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't say here make a choice. You just do, and so you're actually making decisions that you know affect the game, and it gives you actual replayability instead of. I don't consider New Game Plus replayability because that's just. Because you're not replaying the game for the sake of replaying the game as much as you're replaying the game to get a different experience that you than you could have gotten. You couldn't get the new game plus experience the first time. Yeah. Whereas with Mega Man, you know, whatever experience you're going back for, you could have gotten the first time. But the reason that you didn't was because you chose yeah. to go a different way, not because the game said you have to beat it this way first before you can make that choice. Yeah. I feel like there's lots of cues they could take. But I wouldn't want every game to be like Mega Man. Not all of them. I would like there to be more Mega Man games. But Mario's, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, a linear progression game where you, you, just, you just go from level 1 to level 2 to level 3, or you split off every once in a while. There's something to be said for that kind of progression. I wouldn't, you know. So to say that Mega Man is the ideal sort of implies that every you know every platformer should have eight stages that you should go to and you can pick whichever one you want to go to first. And I wouldn't say that. I would say something more akin to like how Mario Galaxy does it, whereas your options sort of increase based on where you go. So if there's a particular level that you don't like, you don't have to go back there, you know. I know there's like a desert planet that a lot of the time I don't like the levels in it because a lot of what they have to do is just kind of letting the sand take you wherever you're supposed to go or whatever. Yeah. So when I play through it, I, I can I have the option to skip that. So I think and so that's a choice and that's you know it's keeping me enjoying the game. Whereas in other situations, you just be like, no, this is you know this is level two dash four and you beat two dash three, so now you got to do two dash four so you can yeah. do two dash five, even if you don't like two dash four and you like two dash five. Yeah. To summarize. Yes, I like Mega Man 5 and Mega Man. That's the end of it. So I mentioned three genres, didn't I? Yeah. Platformer, beat em up and rhythm game. Okay, quickly, platformer, Sonic CD, uh, beat em up uh, Bare Knuckle 3, we get there. Right. Rhythm games. Uh, I really am a sucker for the plastic instruments. <laughs> like, when DJ Hero came out, I got it delivered to my door the day it came out with the decks. It's like, okay, DJ Hero, let's go. I played so much rock band on the drums, uh, singing on the microphone, playing the guitar and bass, 
And then when Rock Band 3 came out, I bought myself a Rock Band keyboard. Basically, I fell in love with that genre due to the fact that I could just prance around like an idiot with some plastic instrument in my hands <laughs> and feel like, you know, I'm almost as good as the great musicians, you know, you creating that fake feeling of of pure awesome that, you know, you're not actually that great, but, you know, you, you feel like it in that moment. And sort of Guitar Hero and Rock Band really bring that to me so to pick one in particular i'd say guitar hero 6 which is an odd choice because a lot a of people six? yes there was a sixth <laughs> i didn't hero. even know i didn't even know there was a two i mean i <laughs> guess i could have guessed that there was a two but i didn't guitar like hero one two and three then world tour which was four then five and six there were also spin-offs guitar hero Rocks, oh wait yeah 80s, guitar hero okay. band hero I was getting um, it confused with Rock Band a bit. Rock Band one, still two, six. and three, <gasps> and there were spin-off Rock Band titles. So there was Rock Band Unplugged on the PlayStation Portable, and uh, there was Rock Band for iOS devices. And wouldn't Rock Band Unplugged be like Rock Band Acoustic? <laughs> it, it was. Um, have you ever played Amplitude? Are you familiar with that game at all? Nah, nobody oh. knows Amplitude. But it was basically I might have that. Heard it. it was basically that game. So it was one of Harmonix's much older games, and they just rock band skinned it. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably pick Guitar Hero 6, because um, the major draw of Guitar Hero 6 is that it has the ability to import your library from World Tour 4, uh, World Tour is 4, duh, 5, um, Band Hero, uh, Guitar Hero Metallica. You can just import all this content from like all the other games and just play it in the one Guitar Hero. And it had this quick play mode that, unlike the old quick play mode, uh, had um, challenges you had to beat, like get a certain score or hit so many notes, and you leveled up. And it became it became very, very addictive to the point where I leveled up to, like, level 121. I'd already unlocked everything at about 101, but I kept playing. And that was... I would say it probably takes 2,000 songs to get there, roughly. So I played so much Guitar Hero 6, and to this day, it's still easily my favorite. When it comes to the plastic instrument games, <laughs> Guitar Hero 6 is still my favorite. How many levels could you get up to? Uh, basically, as me- I, I think um, given how much DLC there was for the game, on-disc songs, you could probably reach about level 600. <laughs> And then what happens at level 600? Uh, You can't earn any more experience because you've completed all the challenges, which in itself requires that you have a band of four people who are willing to play through the same song multiple times with just guitars, uh, that sort of thing. Wow. You'd have to have some of those people that are willing to not play so you can get the the challenges for playing with a band of only two people, that sort of thing. Hmm. But yeah, if you theoretically had that, you could probably get up to about level 600 in that game. I played every on-disc song and every game export except for um, Guitar Hero Greatest Hits, which I didn't have. Video games are so weird. <laughs> like, We're only just figuring this out. <laughs> well, I don't know, because, okay, the thing is is that this has been something I've been thinking about recently because, like, as I'm trying to, like, develop my own games, I'm sort of coming up against this wall where, like, if you've read Scratching the Itch.io... The, my latest column where I like introduced to you latest releases on the hit website itch.io. Oh yeah, I've heard of it. Okay, the thing is, is that I I limited myself. I was like, okay, well, number one, I'm gonna get rid of all the free games. I was like, well, 
I'm gonna like there's still like 20 games coming out every week and so I was like well I'll get rid of games that are under a dollar and I'm like well this is still like 16 games a week and so finally people said like okay Jetty just review like the best like five I was like how about just just review the ones that look interesting to you yeah and like I'm still like having trouble some of these weeks like getting to six and but the thing is is that like i'm coming up against all these games and i'm like dude people are releasing like hundreds of games like how does anyone have time for this and we discussed i think previously like steam sales and how like most people they've only played like 13 percent of their steam library because yeah. if they buy it in a bundle mm. you know then i was just like stepping back and remembering how like i would replay final fantasy 4 and final fantasy or you know 2 and 3 or whatever and I would, like, replay Dragon Warrior 4. And I played Soul Blazer, which you can beat at, like, level 20, like, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. Like, anything above 20, and it just gets progressively easier. And I got to the max level of 50, which you kill all the enemies in the game, and they're gone permanently. But there, wow. are, a few, there are a few respawning enemies and there's one set of enemies in the like final area that give you 4000 experience per kill and the levels take something like 2 million or 4 million exp wow so like i literally sat there and every day after school i would just come home and i would kill hundreds of these like i would just walk a very specific path through the level kill all the enemies go out the door come back in kill them all and I was trying to get to level 99 only to discover that it maxes out at 50. But that's a relief in a way though. <laughs> and also, I don't know why I did it because number 1, you max out your attack strength and defense strength. It doesn't get any better and your HP doesn't go up visibly. They change the hue of the HP bar. Wow. <laughs> So wait, do you not actually get an increase? Or I think I think, and I can't really like vouch for this because they're changing the shade of the HP bar like incrementally as you level up, and like there's no there's no numbers shown. So the only thing you know is that like, well, I think I was able to take more damage based on what color I'm seeing right now. But I did it. Like, I don't know why, because there was absolutely no point. You can beat the game. There's nothing to do after that. Like, you don't do any more damage, so it's not like you can beat the game faster. (laughs) I don't know why I did it, but I did. But that's the thing, is that there used to be so few games that would come out that you would actually replay games that you had beaten. And I feel like now, there's this weird sort of like, why would you... Like, why do people put 600 hours into... uh, Like, I can understand Minecraft and stuff like that. But I guess I just don't understand, like, why you would put, like, so many hours into, like, an RPG or something. Like, I don't know, Skyrim is kind of borderline as, like... I mean, yeah, there are missions and, like, you can still level up and stuff. But I guess I just don't see the appeal when you could be playing a game that's actually different. (laughs) I put so many hours into Oblivion yeah. and so many hours into Fallout 3 that when it came to New Vegas, I was like, no. And when it came to Skyrim, <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> I just couldn't. Yeah. I just couldn't do it to myself. Not again. Yeah. I don't know. Like, video games are just sort of weird. I don't know. 
So are we, re- are we ready for the next question? Yes, yes, more? yes. Yeah, we should probably I'm so on. ready. What do you think about the rise and dominance of mobile gaming? Like, I think it's sort of strange. Like, I can understand, like, to an extent, like, yeah, you can have your mobile games with you whenever you want. And for, like, a lot of, like, games that are released on mobile, they're, like, casual games that you can get into and out of in five minutes. So, like, while you're standing in line somewhere or you're at the doctor's office, you can play it or whatever. Like, while you're driving, I don't know. But, like... (laughs) No, (laughs) you shouldn't really. (laughs) But that used to be what I would just do with my DS. Like, just having a handheld was sort of that thing. It did the same sort of thing. Especially now where you can just, you know, take your 3DS and close it. And it'll last a couple hours before you have to do anything else with it. I think it was, like, the prevalence and the growth of mobile phones. Like, the iPhone was such a big thing. Like, everybody who wanted, like, an iPhone rushed out and bought one. And I think it's because so many people had iDevices that games on iDevices sold so quick. And, like, it became such a big thing. I mean, that's my theory. Oh, no, Joe. I have to go. So. Oh, how sad. Um, You're going to miss out on... Hold on. Uh, how many licensed games have you played that are actually good? Um, Lego... The Lego games, pretty much. Just some... Lego Star Wars, I think, pretty much is the only one. Okay. Uh, and who do you serve and who do you trust? I don't understand this question. Um... Just say me, because I'm the Game Cola editor. Yeah, he's, Jay's my boss, so I guess I kind of have to say that. Also, the only thing I want to add to mobile games before I go is that ports to mobile games are probably some of the worst uh. that I've played. Like, I have a Mega Man 2 app. <laughs> it's awful. Oh, it I can't is, imagine. You can't do it. You can't do yeah, it. Yeah, it's it, dreadful. They, they made... You know how it has normal and difficult, which, you know, is really easy and regular? Yeah, yeah. Um... They actually have an easy mode from normal because of how hard it is to just yeah. make the game function. Yeah. Every boss, like, dies in, like, four hits from the regular weapon. Yeah. All right, I got to go. All right, All right, have fun. Bye. But you can, you can enter me at the end of the pious going, goodbye, everyone, or something like that. Right, okay. Bye. So what do you think about the rise of dominance of mobile gaming? Well, as, as I said, like, uh, iPhones are huge. Like, well, actually, they're quite small, and I think that's the main draw of them. So, like, lots of people have iPhones, and they've really, like, like really grown, and then iOS devices extended into iPod Touch and an iPad. Basically, everybody has one in one way or another. So along comes this app store, and every game on there is, like, a dollar, two dollars. So mobile games just grew because you could get a quick game super cheap, Bam! It's on your phone. You can play it anywhere, and I, I think I think that's how it really differs from handhelds, where the games are still like at least thirty dollars, and you have to buy a specific handheld to play them. Like the main draw is just mobile phones. Yeah, I guess that is kind of a good point. Is that like you know I hear so many people are like, oh yeah, you know handheld consoles are dead. Like I just want my iPhone. But basically, like what Joe was saying, like there are a lot of game genres that you honestly can't play reasonably on on a touch screen yeah (laughs) and i will definitely agree with that playing crazy taxi on a touch screen is just it's murder but uh but i guess i never really thought about like you have to think about it differently when you hear about the popularity of mobile games because it's not that it's taking console and handheld players and that they're now buying mobile games, it's that you're tapping this new market of people Mm. who don't play games on systems, 
but will play games for a dollar on their phone. Mm. And or the people who will, in fact, play both. People like me. Yeah, I mean, there are people who play both. Mm. But uh, the reason why you have so many like millions of downloads and stuff is that you've got this new market of people who wouldn't play console games. Yeah, exactly. So it's not quite a comparison of saying, like, well, you know, PlayStation versus Xbox. It's absolutely nothing <laughs> versus and paired with everything else. Mm. And that is an interesting, like, distinction to make that I never really considered before. I've I found that... um. For all the things the iPad can't do, like you try to do a platformer on iOS, you try to do a first-person shooter, these things don't work at all. But one thing that does work, rhythm games. That's true. So it's like, it's an absolutely joyous place for me, iOS, because um, recently SNK made a rhythm game based on King of the Fighters, and it's just, it's so good. (laughs) It's, It's amazing just how well rhythm games work on that platform. And because you don't have, like, the same issues you would have on a console, like, oh, you've got to sync up your TV so it's at the right uh, speed on the game. So, like, you know, different TVs have um, have lag. You don't get oh, that on an iOS fun. device. It acts just as is, so. Interesting. And also, I imagine, you get like, that bonus there. you get weird things, like, uh, apparently the Oya has, like, weird controller lag. And, Ugh. yeah, and, like, I imagine that, you know, when you tap on the screen... That there's not a it's, lot of. It's very quick. It's yeah. it's almost instantaneous. I don't know. Like I I feel like so many people try to say like oh hand handheld consoles are dead or whatever like mobile is the way of the future and like people who try to convince me as a game developer that I like need to make mobile games is like no what I want. I, I to... don't know about need to make, but should consider as an option. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I guess, like, Star Runner probably would work fine if you just, like, tap to it jump. It probably would on on tapping the screen. Definitely um, Star Runner would. Yeah, but Pizzerian... Pizzerian, you'd have to have on-screen controls, probably, like an on-screen keyboard. Yeah. And for a game like that, where it's already very tight in actually traveling around the spaceships, like, you want the precision that the keyboard gives you, and you don't have that on a touchscreen. Yeah, like I was unless trying... unless you tapped and dragged the spaceship, but yeah, I thought they, about they that. They tried those controls with um the iOS port of R type, and mm. it's it's just dreadful. Because there's also considerations of like the speed of the ship, and especially in Pizzerian, the different ships have different speeds, so you can't have something where like if they drag it as fast as they can, that it either a moves that fast or b mm. like slowly tries to get there. Yeah, there there is that, I suppose, yeah, because after all, there's the different stats for the spaceships. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, So I don't think, like, mobile is cool and all, but it has its limitations, and I don't think it's going to really, like, replace handheld consoles. I I definitely don't imagine it'll ever replace anything. I've I've never been one to think that when, when it comes to mobile games, but in terms of how much money you can make off mobile games, like, it's... It's unquestionable that there's so much money in it right now, which is why there's so much crap on the iStore. Uh, well, hold on. Okay, so how many licensed games have you played that are actually good? I'm really one of these people that tends to say licensed games, for the most part, aren't terrible. Like, it's it's kind of, it's kind of difficult because, you know, there are so many licensed <laughs> games that are, like, known terrible games. Yeah. But there's also licensed games people love, and I think now playing them, they're not very good. 
you know, like Goldeneye. Oh yeah, that is a licensed game, isn't it? <laughs> so um, I think most recently some of the like movie tie-in platformers haven't been terrible. I reviewed Ice Age Three for Game Cola, and it's basically like, you know what? This is actually quite fun. <laughs> licensed games, it's a hard call. It really is because you got you've got the Lego games, and they were good to begin with, but they just they're the same game now over and over again. Mm. It's it's kind it's kind of hard to to pick a licensed game and say yeah that's great because there are so many bad ones. Because like honestly, I think the last time that I played a licensed game was Toy Story for the Super Nintendo. All right, the inferior version. I I had it on Mega Drive as a kid, so I'll I'll push to say the uh, Mega Drive version is superior. Sorry, Genesis. <laughs> no, because I was just trying to look at the email again. And I think we're done about with licensed games. And then who do you serve and who do you trust? Which, of course, is me because I'm the editor-in-chief. Yeah, of course. I, I don't, of course, um, trust and serve uh, Jeff Day, ex-Gamecola, writer and uh, runner of uh, randomaccess.net. Absolutely not. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, and then he says, I look forward to hearing your answers and I'm grateful that you take the time to make these podcasts. They're a high point in each month for me. Wow, that's that's a nice thing to say. Yeah, always humorous, sometimes educational, and overall fun to listen and look forward to each month. Keep doing what turns out great. Okay, thanks. Yeah. No, uh, no Lynch is our current super fan after we uh, hired our last batch of super fans. All right. Yeah. So I, I, I um, guess it's I guess it's about time to hire No Lynch. But I think this podcast is probably wrapping up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you everyone. Uh, thank you everyone for being here. Thank you everyone for listening. This was podcast number 76 starring, uh, Matt Jonas and Joseph Martin. Hello. If you enjoyed the podcast, we also do have an actual internet website, gamecola.net, that you can visit to read all of our game reviews and game commentaries and see more of our podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube where we're gc.net. The letter G, the letter C, the word dot, and the word net. Uh, we are also on Facebook. You can search for Game Cola. We are on Twitter at Game Cola. We are on Tumblr, gamecola.tumblr.com. Uh, we're also on iTunes. If you want to rate us highly, you can go find us on iTunes, the Game Cola Podcast. If you don't want to rate us highly, if you hate this podcast, then uh, we actually aren't. I lied. I was just making it up. We're not on iTunes, so don't search for us. <laughs> Uh, I think that's everything. So, uh, once again, thank you everyone, and goodbye everybody. Goodbye.